welcome to our podcast here at Trinity West Church. We believe that you will be enriched by today's message. Let's open our hearts to receive God's Word. Would you turn to the book of Genesis? Turn to the book of Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. And we are going to kind of continue our series we started last week, although it really is not connected like a lot of the series that I do. But last week I preached a message called Honor Thy Mother, Honor Thy Mother. And I told you I was going to talk about honor. So we're going to talk about honor again today. And then we're going to talk about honor on Father's Day. So you can imagine what the title of that message is going to be. Today's message is this, Honor God's House. Honor God's house. So I get asked some questions from time to time because people think that I know answers, which amazes me. But um, they asked me, they said, Pastor, is it possible to be a Christian and not attend church? Is it possible to be a Christian and not attend church? And I got the answer pretty quickly. And here's what I said. I said, I believe it is possible, but I've never seen it done. It is possible, but I've never seen it done. In 36 years of attending church and 21 years of full-time ministry, I have never seen anyone lead a consistent Christian life that did not attend church on a regular basis. I've never seen it done. Now, maybe you have a friend somewhere. Uh, but I've never seen it done. I've never seen it happen. Everyone that I know that is a believer, that is a strong Christian, that is walking in the plan and purpose of God, attends church on a regular basis. It's just, now, that's just the circles that I move in. You know, that's just me. I, I text somebody the other day that was attending this church for a while and, and served and loved God, very faithful in, in so many areas, and I just texted them because they had left the church and started attending another church. But I stayed connected with them, and I just said, you know, how are you doing? How are things going? And they wrote back, things are going great, and things are good. Thank you for asking. And I said, well, how, how is it going at that church that you were attending? And they said, well, here's the thing. I, I don't really attend there anymore. I, I didn't like it, and so I, I stopped attending. And I said, okay, well, where are you going now? And they said, uh, we're not going anywhere. Uh, I'm just staying home and having my own Bible study. And when they said that, I said to myself uh, back, well, that's, that's not good. That's sad. How sad is that? Because here's somebody who is very involved in church, but for one reason or another, no longer involved in church, just staying at home and having your own Bible study. Now, listen, having your own Bible study at home is vital, and nothing is more important to your personal Christian growth than your private devotion time with God. You have got to get this book, and you have got to go somewhere in your home, somewhere, and you've got to open it up, and you have to read it. Nothing is more vital to your personal growth, but let's not abandon our responsibility and our love for God's house. There's also that. There's also that component of our Christian walk. You know, now, listen, you say, Pastor, you're a pastor, you're biased. Listen, I am biased. I I grew up in church all my life. I've been in church 
all, since I can remember. Uh, I, I love church. I love cr- church cultures. I, I love church programs. I love everything is about church. I grew up in church pews, and I could not wait for the day when my feet would hit the ground. Because I would just swing them. You know, I'm just swinging them back and forth. And I just couldn't wait for the day. I'm still believing that that's going to happen, that that day, that day is coming. And one day, my feet are going to hit the ground, and depending on the pew and the chair, you know. And uh, one day it'll happen. But I just love church. You know, I grew up in church. We went to church all the time. I jokingly say that we were never allowed to miss church. The only time we could miss church is if we were sick. And to prove I was sick, my dad would say, well, now you have to throw up to prove you're sick. And then once I threw up, he would then say, well, now that you throw up, you should be feeling better. So come on, get dressed. Now we're going to church. So I was never allowed to miss church. We went to church on vacation. Who does that to a 10-year-old kid? We're at the beach, the pool. Get your little suit on. We're going to church. And we did. We went to church on vacation. We went to church all the time. But I love it. I love everything there is to, about church. But some have walked away. Some have walked away from church. Some, some attendance, or, or maybe not walked away from the church completely, but attendance is sliding. And, and instead of every week, it's every other week or one week out of four. And so there's this thing called honor. We talked about it last week. And the word honor means to value. I place value in God's house. I place value in God's house. Yeah. You know, there are some who walked away from the church who have said, well, you know what? We're going to be New Testament Christians. We're, we're going to be, you know, like, like the early church. And, and they think to themselves that the early church never went to church, that they only met in houses. Listen to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse number 46 says this. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Here is the church. God's adding to the church. How often did they meet? Daily in the temple. Oh, you want to be New Testament? Oh, you want to be New Testament Christian, Book of Acts Christian? Then you should be in church every day. Every day. Because listen, they went to church every day. They never abandoned the temple. They never abandoned meeting together in church settings. They never abandoned that. In fact, they did it more often. They went to church every day. Every day they went to church. So they loved church. They loved God's house. They honored God's house. And today, we see generations sliding away. We see kids, kids like we prayed over today. Now, we believe in not these kids, but we've seen kids leave the home, grew up in church, raised in church, in church all their life, yet get out on their own, and church is no longer part of their life. They no longer attend the body of believers. They no longer go to a place. We've also seen our nation decline. And we've seen the moral decay in our nation begin to rise up. Why? Because people have abandoned God's house. They've abandoned God's principles. Something happens when you come to God's house. Now listen, I don't know why you come, but I can tell you why I come. I can tell you why I come to church. I come to church for three reasons. Now let me give you these three reasons. Here's why I come to church. Number one, I come to church for the message and not the man. I come to church for the message and not the man. Now, would you turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 28? It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. 
But there's something that happens in this portion of Scripture that many of you are familiar with that maybe you never saw before, but we're going to look at it today. So a lot of it will be on the screen. I always encourage people to grab their Bibles and bring their Bibles. So Genesis 28, verse 10 says this. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and he put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. And then he dreamed and beheld a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached the heavens and there the angels of God were ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Verse 16 says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put at his head, and he set it up as a pillar, and he poured oil on top of it. Listen, and he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Verse 22 says, And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So this is long before the law. Jacob said, I will tithe. Long before the law ever said, hey, you need to tithe. He said, I will voluntarily give you one-tenth of all that you give me. It's the first place where you see, actually not the first place, second place where you see tithing take place in the Bible. So, so here is Jacob coming to this place called Luz. It was really just an intersection. Now, it was a, it was a major intersection, it was where roads went north and south and east and west. And he comes to this place and he decides to spend the night there. The name of the place, Luz, was, is in Hebrew called almond tree. So maybe perhaps there were some almond trees, almond orchard. Uh, that's what was taking place, but not a famous place, not a well-known place. He lays down his head, makes a pillow, a rock for a pillow, and all of a sudden he dreams this dream. And in the dream, he sees a ladder extending from the earth all the way to the heavens. And he, see angel, he sees angels. Listen to what they're doing. They're first ascending, and then they're descending down this ladder. And then all of a sudden, God speaks to him. And God says to him, hey, I'm God, and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your descendants as, as, uh, multiply. I'm going to bless you in everything that you do. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I'm going to bless you to the north, south, east, and west. I mean, God just gives them this incredible, incredible word. And when Jacob wakes up, he realizes that God spoke to him. And he said, this place will no longer be called Luz. 
It will now be called Bethel. Bethel. Bethel means the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord. And this is the first time you see that phrase, the house of the Lord, used in the Bible. And so here is Jacob setting up an altar. He takes this rock and he pours oil on it and he says, this is now the house of the Lord. Right? But we know the ladder that took place is symbolic. And here's what the ladder is symbolic of. In John chapter 1, Jesus is calling his disciples and two guys come to meet him, one by the name of Philip, and Philip brought a buddy with him. The buddy's name was Nathaniel. And when Jesus sees Nathaniel, he says, hey, there's an Israelite in whom there's no guile. This is a good guy. This is a good man. And Nathaniel says, you know me? And Jesus said, I've known you all your life, Nathaniel. I fact, in fact, I saw you yesterday when Philip was talking to you and you were just sitting there. I saw you. And Nathaniel says, this must be the Son of God. And Jesus says back to him in John chapter 1, somewhere around verse 49, Jesus says back to him, because I said this, you think I'm the Son of God? You just wait and see. You just watch what happens. He said, if you follow me, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. In other words, Jesus is saying this, I'm the ladder. I am the ladder from earth to heaven. And see, they knew the story of Jacob. Of course, these, everyone, every Israelite knew the story of Jacob's ladder. Many people know the story of Jacob's ladder in and out of the church. And so Jesus said, I'm the ladder. I'm the place where, where, where Jacob first had God speak to his life. That's me. I'm the house of the Lord. Now see, why did Jacob, because here's the question we have to ask, why did Jacob call that place the house of God? Here's why. God showed up. God showed up. Why do we, why, why do we come to church? Well, well, that's a great question, but let me just tell you first and foremost why God comes to church. God comes to church because you come to church. Do you hear me now? God comes because you show up. When you show up, hey, God shows up. Now, my question is, and that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, hey, where there's two or more of you gathered in my name, I will be there. It is a promise from God. When you show up, I'll show up. Now, my question to you is, why do you show up? Well, I pray you show up for the message and not the man. For the message and not the man. See, when God spoke, Jacob said, oh, there's a message from God. This must be God's house. And when you come to church, God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to your heart. Listen, and that could happen at any time. It could happen while I'm preaching. It could happen while the music is playing and the worship is going on. It could happen during the announcements. It could happen at the altar. It could happen even from me just reading Genesis. Maybe some of you, while we were reading Genesis, God spoke something to your heart that I didn't speak. Maybe you were just reading along and all of a sudden a verse picked up or a phrase picked up or a word picked up. And it ha- it's happened to me many times. God's spoken to me something the pastor never even paid much attention to. Maybe a verse that he just read and moved right along, but God spoke to me. And listen, I come to church for the message and not the man. Now, I like when people like me, right? I like it when people like me. I like it when people appreciate their pastor. I like it when people cook for their pastor. In fact, I love when people cook for their pastor. I love that part. 
That's my favorite part. I drop not-so-subtle hints about food all the time, right? But I pray you don't come just to shake my hand or, or, or hear me speak. I pray it goes beyond that. I like people. I like getting out there. I like shaking hands. I, I like hugging necks. I just like people. I, I really love people. But I pray you're not coming just for me. I pray you're coming to hear from God. I pray you're coming for the message and not the man. I pray you're coming because God's going to show up. So regardless of who's preaching or not preaching, I pray you come because you believe that when you come, God is going to speak to your heart some way. Let me tell you how he speaks, two ways. He speaks a message of correction or direction. It's a message of correction or it is a message of direction. Let me give you two examples. Last night, I was taking two of my kids to a sports banquet. And I've been there before, but I didn't know it was the Westchester Country Club of Boynton. I didn't know exactly where it was, uh, so I just started to drive. But I had plugged the address into my phone. So I have the address in my phone, and I'm working through the GPS there. And we get to about where we're going to be, and I know it's coming up soon, but all of a sudden, I hear my phone say, in 0.3 miles, make a legal U-turn. And I thought, I'm making a U-turn. I don't care if it's legal or not legal. I'm making the next U-turn I can get. Now listen, I didn't get mad at the phone. I didn't start to wallow in self-pity. I didn't say to myself, you know, why did it have to, did it have to correct me? I can't believe that it did this. I, can't, I just come to hear some encouragement. All of a sudden, this thing is trying to tell me what to do and where to go. I can't believe that it would do this. Listen, I'm offended that this thing would tell me where to, do, where to go and what to do. I, I didn't do that. I said, exactly. If I want to get where I'm supposed to be, then I'll make a legal U-turn in .3 miles, and I'll do it gladly. Yet people will, will sometimes not want to come to church because they're afraid all of a sudden God's going to speak correction in their life. Oh, somebody might bother me. Somebody might tell me that I'm not living right or not acting right. And you know what? I mean, I don't want any of that. Well, then you just keep on going where you're going. You just pass up your destination. You just keep being lost. You just keep doing whatever you want to do. And let me tell you, you'll never get to where God wants you to be unless you get a message from God, and often that message is correction. It's often correction. And listen, we embrace it. I didn't sit there and go, you dumb phone. I can't believe you're telling me what to do. I just did a U-turn, and I ended up exactly where I was supposed to be. It's just correction. Listen, I come to the house of God to be corrected. And oftentimes, it'll be during the worship time. It'll be during the preaching. It'll be during the altar time. At any time, God can correct me, and I am open to any kind of correction he gets. But listen, you just stay away from God's house for a while. Just stay away for a month. Stay away for weeks at a time. Just stay away for six months. Stay away for a year. And listen, when you do that, you're missing out on hearing the voice of God speak correction to your life. Now, can he correct you at any time? Yes, he can. But as for me, I hear it in church. I hear it when I come to God's house. I place value on God's house because I get correction in God's house. And the other thing we get is direction. Let me give you this example. This week, my wife and I, we're going to be flying out to Colorado Springs, and I'll be officiating my niece's wedding in Colorado Springs. So, so we got the tickets, and it's in Miami. And I'm not a big fan of flying out of Miami. I like Fort Lauderdale or, or really like PBI. But, 
but if we got to fly out of Miami to save 100 bucks, we're going to fly out of Miami to save 100 bucks. So we're going down to Miami, and I know what's going to happen to me because it happens every time I go down to Miami airport. I think that I've passed it. Every time I go, I think, dear Lord, where am I going? I'm waiting to see the ocean. I'm waiting to see the keys. I'm waiting to see the southernmost part of the United States any second now. I think I have passed this thing. I do it every time, and I, listen, I, I'm always kind of a little jittery until I get to the airport and I actually hand the person the, the, you know, the boarding slip. That's when I go, please let me on the plane, just let me on the plane. You know, I'm always a little nervous, I don't fly a lot, so, you know, but until I get there, well, I know that I'm going to think to myself, hey, I've passed it, but here's what's going to happen. At some point, I'll see a sign, it happens to me every time, I'll see a sign that says, Miami International Airport, and I'll think to myself, we haven't passed it. We're still good. Cynthia, calm down. What's the matter with you, man? <laughs> settle down, sister. We're still, listen, I don't ever get lost. Just settle down, right? And so here's what happens. When I see that sign, all of a sudden, peace comes over me. I think to myself, we haven't passed it. We're still going the right direction. We're still going to make it. And then I'll see another sign that says, turn here. I turn there. Hey, and somehow we get there. Why? Direction. And when you come to God's house, he doesn't just want to correct you. That's part of it. He also wants to encourage you with some direction. He wants to tell you, hey, man, you're doing great. Listen, you just keep doing what you're doing. You don't give up. You don't give in. You don't quit. You don't throw in the towel. Hey, you keep doing what you're doing. I'm here with you. I haven't abandoned you. I haven't walked away from you. You just keep going. Any minute now, you're going to see a sign that says, turn here, veer here. Listen, make this turn. Listen, you keep on the same path. You keep going down the same way. I am with you. God wants to give you some direction along the way. But to do that, we've got to show up we got to get a message from God. we got to be here and say, God, listen, I've come to this place. This is the house of the Lord. Why? Because it's got, got a steeple, because it's got four walls, because we got a piano. No, this is the house of the Lord because God shows up. And God shows up because I show up. And I show up to hear him. I show up to get a message from him. So I show up for the message and not just the man. Number two is this. I come for the worship and not the music. I come for the worship and not the music. Now, I love our music. I love it. I'm a professional clapper. I don't know if you notice that about me. Listen, I'm on beat all the time. I'm never off beat. I'm professional, right? Professional clapper. I grew up in church all my life. I've been clapping all my life. So I love the music. I have guest speakers come to our church, and when they come to our church, Listen, they travel all over the world, and they rave about our music. They rave about our worship. They go, Brian, man, listen, what you got going on here at our church, at your church, listen, you just hold on to that one, right? So, so they talk about our music all the time. But I don't come for the music. You know, there's times when maybe it's not the exact song that I like. Maybe it's times when, when hey, I, I've heard this one before. Hey, maybe it's a little louder than some people like. Maybe it's a little softer than some people like. Maybe that wasn't the exact set. That like. Listen, I didn't come for the music. I came for the worship. You see the difference? I came to worship God. And if we got to get a set of bongos, and if we got to get a, a, a guitar, we're going to sing Kumbaya. Listen, if we do it and the anointing hits, that's all I need. I just need to know that God's in this place. And when God shows up, I have come to worship Him. I've come to worship Him. Amen? I've come to worship Him. Now, 
You probably didn't know this, but I used to be a worship leader. As God is my witness, I used to be a worship leader. I led worship for one year at a nursing home. That's the truth. For one year, for one long year of my life, I led worship at a nursing home. My wife and I, we were the only ones that would go. We went to, to, to have church in a nursing home, and we would just grab them, and we'd wheel them in, you know, just, there you go, just wheel them right in, and, and then we'd, we'd walk some in, and, and she wouldn't do it. She actually led worship at the church where I pastored up in North Florida, but she wouldn't lead worship. She said, hey, brother, you're on your own. So I went, I'd grab the hymnal. And we didn't have a guitar, we didn't have an organ, we didn't have a piano. It was me, a cappello. You understand? <laughs> and I would lead worship, and it'd be like eight or nine of these precious, precious people, and we'd come in, and I would lead worship. And so I'd say, hey, turn to hymn number 236. I figured out it's not page number, it's hymn number. That's the first lesson for every worship leader. It's hymn number and not page number. So, listen, we'd start off with, listen, we're going to sing the first stanza of It Is Well. You ready? When peace like a river attendeth my way. Dead silence. <laughs> and when I say dead, I mean... Anyway, so... So... <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so I'm here, I am leading worship, right? I'm leading worship, and we had this precious lady, she came every week, and she sang behind you. Like, I don't mean like behind me physically, I mean she, whatever line you said, she said it after you. So I'd say peace, she'd go, peace, wind, peace, peace, like a river, river, attended, way, you know? It was brutal. Thank God they're all deaf. They couldn't hear a thing that I was saying, right? They couldn't hear a thing. So here I am. Listen, and then we'd pray for them. Man, and we shook their hands, and we hugged their necks, and we loved them. And we just fell in love with them that year, man. We, we led that nursing home ministry for a year. And listen, they did not come for the worship. I mean, for the, for the music. I promise you they didn't come for the music. They came to worship God. They came to church, right? They said, listen, because we'd ask them, who wants to go to church today? We'd just go to room by room. Who wants to go to church today? I'll go. Come on. And we'd take them, and they just wanted to worship God. You see? Listen, I come into this place. I come to worship God. I didn't come just because I, I love the songs or, or don't like the songs. Listen, I don't worship because I don't like the songs. I came to worship God, this place. Hallelujah. That's why I show up. I show up every week because I cannot wait to get here to worship God. And if it's just me and Cynthia or just me and Mark, we're going to worship God. And I pray that you come. Listen, don't come for the man. Listen, don't come just because of me. I like it when people like me, but don't come just because of me. Come to hear from God, and don't come just for the music. Come to worship God, regardless of what we're singing that day. Come to worship the Lord. And then the third one is this. I've come to serve and not to be served. I've come to serve and not to be served. Now, I understand that everyone goes through seasons of their life. And let me just say this. I, I, I love people. I'm very gracious. I think I am very gracious with people. 
And I understand that there are some Sundays where you come in and it's just a miracle that you showed up that day. You know, and you sit there and you, you know, you sit there and you say, Pastor, I, after the week that I've had, I need to receive. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And that might not just be a Sunday. That also might be a season in your life. So let me just say, I understand that. There might be a season in your life where you need to sit and you need to soak and you need to just receive. So I get that and, and I totally understand that. But those seasons, listen to me very carefully, those seasons should not be years and decades. They should not be years and decades. At some point, we should go, okay, it's now my time to serve somewhere, somehow, some way. I've come not just to be served. There's always that. Listen, we're here to serve you. But listen, you're not here to only receive. You're also here to, receive, to, to, to serve others. Everywhere I've gone, I've always tried to be involved. And, and, and in my church, I, I've watched my family just get involved, and, and, and I've been involved. And, and even when I stopped pastoring in North Florida and I interned for a year at Trinity in ministry, I served. I volunteered my time. I served. They said, hey, listen, can you run the parking lot ministry? I said, I'll be glad to run the parking lot ministry. Listen, I'm out there parking cars, man. And listen, you know, when, you're, when you get involved in ministry, sometimes there's, there's some rough, you know, situations, and, and not everybody's pleasant, and not every ministry opportunity is just the greatest thing, and some days are more difficult than others. I, I remember Easter of 2004. I'm in the parking lot of, of Trinity just trying to move cars, and hey, we're just trying to get, you know, cars out, and we're just trying to get cars in. I mean, that's all we were trying to do. And this lady rolls down her window and says... Hey, that guy that's over there helping you, that's serving with you, hey, he just cursed at me. And I went, sorry, move it along, sister. Let's go. I got no time for you. Just go. You know, I ain't got time for your little pity party. We got to go, right? So I understand that when you serve, hey, listen, sometimes it's difficult, and sometimes there's days when it's not so pleasant, and, and, and kids do what they do, and adults do what they do. But it shouldn't stop us from serving somehow. You saw on the announcement video, man, we need help in the nursery. Why? Because y'all keep bringing more kids. You know, just saying, just keep bringing more kids, man. We had to put out chairs in the kids' church for the second service. We had to get more chairs. We thought we had plenty of chairs. We had to go get more chairs. And so, listen, we need help. But what an opportunity to be able to sit down with a group of kids and say, hey, you know what? There's a God in heaven who is crazy in love with you. What a blessing to be able to serve in kids' church or, or, or in the youth or, or, or ushering or greeting or any way, anyhow, any place, leading small groups, getting involved some way, somehow. Listen, it's your opportunity, and it's why you come. I came to, to also to serve somehow. And it may not be weekly. It may not even be monthly. But somehow you say, Pastor, I will get involved some way, somehow. Here's what Jacob did. Jacob said... This place right here, where God shows up, it's not like any other place. It's not like any other place. It is the house of God. It's the place where God speaks to me, and it's the place I listen, and it's the place I get to speak to God, and then he worshiped the Lord right there. He worshiped the Lord with his hands. He worshiped the Lord in other ways, and he also worshiped the Lord with his tithe. And he said, this will be the house of God. It'll be Bethel. See, it's unique for us. 
as a church, see, we used to, to rent out facilities. We'd rent out Wellington High School, and we went from a little theater to a gymnasium to this big auditorium. And Monday or through Saturday, that place was called Wellington High School. But when we showed up on Sunday, hey, it was Trinity West. Why was it a church? Because, because nothing said church about it. It was a school. It was, it, was a, it was a little theater. It was a gymnasium. It was kids' rooms and classrooms. Listen, here's why it was a church on Sunday, because we were there. And here's why, what happened when we got there. When we got there, God showed up. And when God got there, hey, that, that thing was church now. Now it was church. See, we honored God by coming to his house, right? And we still do it today when we have our own beautiful building that God has blessed us with. We still honor God by coming to God's house. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment with me today? I want to encourage you. Last week we talked about moms and placing value on moms, and hey, moms are irreplaceable. They really are. But I'm here to tell you that God's house is also irreplaceable. To come to God's house, to be faithful to God's house, to continue every time you get the opportunity to be faithful to God's house. There's something about it. You need to be here, and we need you to be here. To be faithful to say, this is God's. I didn't come for the man. I didn't come to shake a hand. I didn't come because of the person next to me. I didn't come because, you know, hey, the music's the most incredible, and it is incredible, but that's not why I came. I came to hear from God. I came to worship God, and I came to serve for God. That's why I've come. That's why I go. That's why I go. I go every week for that, for that reason. But I knew, as I was studying this message, that there would be people here who have felt some hurt and some pain in church situations. I've been attending church for 36 years. I've been in full-time ministry for 21 years straight. I have seen a lot of hurt. I've seen a lot of pain. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor, the season that I'm dealing with today where I'm at has been a very difficult season of me as far as church is concerned. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, this is my season just to sit and soak. Or maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, God spoke to me today that my season to sit is over. Now it's time to get involved. I want to pray for you as well. But if you're here today and you've felt some hurt, you've felt some pain for some things maybe in your past, maybe long before you ever attended this church, maybe, maybe even from your childhood or your teen years.